everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, September 5th, 2022. I'm Mike Okay, it's Labor Day. It is Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day night. This is Labor Day night as we start this show. I hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. Hope everyone had a nice Labor Day holiday, you know, with your barbecues and what else in the unofficial ending of the summer. But let me tell you, if you're here in California, if you live anywhere, I believe, right now in California, even here in San Francisco, this is not the end of summer officially or not officially. It's uh, it's so hot here in California. We're burning up. It was even hot here in San Francisco today. It's going to be hot again uh, all week long, I think, especially the next couple of days. So actually what's happened is this weather this we usually have cool and damp weather here in San Francisco and it's gotten incredibly hot and dry you know when these heat waves come in here in September and October and this is actually early usually it doesn't start till maybe the middle of September um what happens is it'll go from 65 and damp to 90 and dry or basically one day to the next and it kills my sinuses you might be able to hear it in my voice it actually destroys my sinuses whenever this happens um, I think the hot winds from the east come in, and along with the dry, hot air comes the dust and everything from the desert, and it's just terrible air quality. So I have a little bit of a hoarse throat and a little bit of a, of a congestion, but I'll get through this. I'll get through it. Don't worry. I'll soldier through on this Labor Day. You know, there's one thing I've never understood about having a holiday on Labor Day. So we are honoring labor, Right. We're honoring our labor forces, our blue-collar workers, our American workers. And how do we honor their labor? By uh, lounging around and barbecuing for the day. I never really understood that whole concept of taking a day off for Labor Day. But anyway, it's America, and we'll take holidays. For, you know, that's, I was thinking today that that's one thing all Americans could agree on, right? Even if it's for stupid reasons, I think it's always bipartisan. No one's ever going to say no to a new holiday here. That's something that Democrats and Republicans will always agree. Hey, let's do a holiday. Sure, why not? But I hope everyone did have a good holiday anyway. Unfortunately, of course, there's a lot to talk about that's not fun. And a lot of it is stemming from the, the constant barrage of restrictions that Trudeau in Canada is continuing to impose on his citizens. where well, they're not doing it anywhere else in the world. Yet in Canada, they have to have, they're still having restrictions in Canada on airplanes. They're making announcements. I have people who are flying in Canada. They're making announcements. The airlines in Canada are announcing that if you don't, you know, you take your mask off now. You can eat. You can take it off to eat. Okay. Now it's time to put your mask, like you, like they're talking to three year olds. Okay. Now it's time to put your mask back on again. Put the mask back on again. And actually one announcement actually said those who don't comply, their names will be forwarded to the Canadian travel authorities, whoever the hell that is. And now Trudeau is continuing his authoritarian ways. Remember, authoritarians don't give up their authoritarian control. They get drunk on their control and power. The power must be taken away from them. Okay, The power must be taken away from the authoritarian by, by any means necessary. And so what we're seeing now is this new vaccine. Vaccine number, was it five or seven or six? I, I, I lose track. Um, which is supposed to you know, target the next Omicron wave or the next fall winter wave, whatever it may be, whatever nonsense they're talking about, which was only tried on eight blind mice. I don't know if they're blind, 
but eight mice. That's it. It was tested on eight mice, not one human being. No monkeys, nothing. Eight mice. And Trudeau is already threatening that if 80 to 90 percent of Canadians don't get this new vaccine. So until 80 to 90 percent of Canadians get this new vaccine, he calls it being up to date on vaccines. Oh, the restrictions and mandates will just have to continue. Never mind. This is what he promised a year and a half ago with the original vaccines. He said if 80 percent of people got the original vaccines, everything's back to normal. Look, they continue to lie and move the goalposts. This is what they do because they're drunk on power. They don't want to give up the power. And these constant boosters allow them to never give up their power, to constantly continue to move the goalposts. And so that's what's happening in Canada. That's what's happening. Um, never mind. Of course, never mind. I know people are thinking, but Mike, we, we've known for forever now, for forever, literally forever that the vaccines don't stop the spread of COVID. So what's the point? Well, of course, there is no point because it's about power. Of course, it doesn't stop the spread. Of course, they said this 80 to 90 percent, if they get the original vaccine, we go back to normal. Of course, they said all this stuff. We know that. We know they've said this all before. This Groundhog Day. We get it, of course, because it's not about science. It's not about health. It's not about the greater good. It's about control and power and dominance. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. You look at this, 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 uh, this skinny little playboy that's about 130 pounds soaking wet, and you realize that he was probably picked on in school, that he probably never had power over another human being, that human beings always had power over him. Of course, he's an elitist, liberal, rich boy. We know that. But it's obvious that Justin Trudeau psychologically, like so many of these people, had no control when they were young over people. And now they're making up for that. They're getting back at the bully, let's say, by becoming the authoritarian bully themselves. I don't mean to be take this into psychology 101, but that's basically the case with all these people. Um, and so, like I said, the only way to do this is to fight back and to get rid of the guy. you got to get rid of the guy. Canadians have to get rid of him if they don't want to live like this forever. Canadians should know if they don't get rid of him, they will live like this forever. So it's their choice, right? Keep the guy and live like this forever or throw him to the curb and go back to normal. That's the choice there in Canada, right? Now, we have Joe Biden here. And of course, my headline is who's worse, fascist and blackface Trudeau. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Trudeau liked to dress up in blackface. That was a funny thing he did before he was prime minister. That was his thing to do, dress up in blackface. Um, there are also many who think he's Fidel Castro's son. I thought that was a crazy conspiracy theorist, but more and more as he acts like this, I believe it could be true that this could be in his DNA. So who's worse, Tim, the fascist in blackface, or Dementia Joe? Now, it's hard. I live in the United States. I live in San Francisco. So I, I'm probably going to defer to my own guy as being the worst. And forth with this for the last two and a half years. I've gone back and forth between like my governor Newsom, my president Biden, or the prime minister of Canada Trudeau as being the worst of the worst. There are many, I put them in the, the A category worst. There are a lot of B category people too, right? Like Andrew Cuomo, like Kathy Hochul, like J.D. Pritzker, like all these Democratic governors and mayors like London Breed. But these are like, a, these are like B, C, and D class of the worst. I'm talking about the worst of the worst. And I think you can look at Newsom, Trudeau, and Biden and get a good, like, 
axis of evil there, triangulation axis of evil between those three. But we know Joe Biden just gave the most disgusting and vile speech. I don't think Trudeau's ever given a speech quite that vile. I mean, Trudeau did, did give that little press conference thing, which was really vile when he went after the Canadian truckers and called them terrorists, right? Because all they wanted was their lives back and their freedom back, their God-given rights. That was a horrible thing to call them terrorists. But I think what Biden did was about 12, 500 times worse. I mean, he called basically half the country of the United States of America terrorists, right? 74 million people who didn't vote for him. He called them terrorists because they didn't vote for him. He called the people who know he's worthless, dementia-ridden fool, terrorists. It must be tough for him to know that so many people know that about him. And so he called them terrorists. So I, that's obviously awful. It's obviously awful. Now, the only thing that prevents Joe Biden from doing what Justin Trudeau does is that we have states' rights here, right? So Biden could use his cronies like Newsom to do things in their own state or breed the mayor of New York or like uh, Adams, you know, the mayor, Kathy Hochul. He can use their Democratic mayors and Democratic governors to impose his will on the country, but the Republican mayors and governors don't have to listen to him, and they haven't. So he can't do the blanket things that Trudeau can do in Canada. He can't do that here. And the times he's he's tried, he's been struck down in the courts, like the OSHA mandate and all that nonsense. So this is what we're now seeing, basically, is this constant battle, I believe, between who's worse, who's the bigger fascist, Trudeau or or Biden. And I think most people in this country, the United States, will say Biden. And if you live in Canada, you'll say Trudeau. I mean, I think it's just the way it goes. But I think it's really important to remember that what's fascinating about the Joe Biden speech. And by the way, whenever it, it seems, whenever Biden does something, Trudeau then picks up from that. This is like when Biden does something vile, Trudeau thinks, oh, now I can do something vile. So when Biden did that speech, then Trudeau came out and said this whole thing about everyone having to get the new vaccine in order, you know, to lift his mandates and regulations. So it's like Trudeau's always trying to one-up Biden. It's a very sick game, but he's a sick, twisted man. He's a sick individual. So it's a sick game that they play with each other, it seems. I've noticed this, by the way, over the last couple of years. Um, Trudeau taking his cue from things that happen here. in the So this is my, I have the right to do this now. This is my cue to do this. So what we saw from the Joe Biden speech was basically... A president saying that half the country is 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 a uh, is terrorist. Now this whole bullshit walk back, quote unquote walk back. He didn't really walk anything back, saying, "Oh no, I said MAGA Republicans." Well, of course that's horseshit. How how do you define a MAGA? Does he decide who's a MAGA Republican? How does it? The, how is that? How is that defined? Now many would say, if you voted for Donald Trump, you're a MAGA Republican. Trump is MAGA. Trump is make America great again. So if you voted for Donald Trump, if you're the one of seventy four, almost seventy five million people who voted for Donald Trump, you are MAGA, right? So that's why Biden's playing the semantics game. This, I guess it's a game that the, the Alzheimer's pe- patients play and think we're, gonna, think we're gonna fall for it. No, this is not the way it goes here, you see, Joe. You basically said, which, which Democrats have been doing for years now with their woke nonsense and their cancel culture, where if you don't agree with them, you're canceled. Well, it's worse than that. It's, if you don't agree with them, you're a terrorist. If you don't agree with them, you are the scum of the earth. You're evil. You're an evildoer if you disagree with Democrats, if you don't agree with them. That's why when Biden says, 
Oh, no, no. Good Republicans. I like good Republicans. What is a good Republican, Joe? Ronald Reagan ran on the Make America Great Again. One of his bumper stickers go on Wikipedia was Make America Great Again. Bill Clinton, by the way, I put up a video on Twitter. Someone did a great job of, of resurfacing a video where Bill Clinton does a speech and says, let's make America great again. So is Bill Clinton MAGA too, Joe, Uncle Joe? So it's not definable. MAGA is not really definable. So, and then Joe Biden goes from saying that MAGA, he, he makes this speech about this huge threat. This, of course, this is a huge fake threat. It's, a, it's not real. It's imagined. It's fantasy. But he makes this huge speech because he sees these people as a great threat. And then the next day, him and his Fakakta press secretary say, oh, it's not every, it's a small percentage. Well, if it's a small percentage, why do you have to make this speech then? Okay? <laughs> if it's 0.01% of Republicans, why do you have to make this huge, hour-long, vitriolic speech? Who cares? There are evil people everywhere. There are evil Republicans. There are evil Democrats. There are sociopaths on every side of the aisle. Why do you have to make a speech? If that were the case, we have to make these speeches on a daily basis. You see, they're so full of shit. It's so easy to catch them in a hypocrisy. It's so easy to do this. And talking about hypocrisy and double standard, what if Donald Trump had made that speech? But think of Donald Trump making that speech and then just take out MAGA Republicans and put in Clinton Democrats. So Trump makes a speech saying how horrible Clinton Democrats are. Okay, there's no name for them, right? They didn't come up with some kind of a name, right? So it's just Clinton Democrats. And then saying, and then the left, of course, their heads would explode. If Trump had gave the same speech in, let's say, 2018, right? That's about two years into his and said this about Clinton Democrats being evil and terrorist, the, the left would, their heads would have absolutely like scanners. Remember the movie Scanners, the Cronenberg movie? Their heads would have exploded, their veins and their necks, everything would have gone explosion. And then the excuse would have had to have been, what do you, what do you just chill? All he said was Clinton Democrats. He didn't say all Democrats. He just said Clinton Democrats. What's the big deal? Relax, relax, small percentage. Would the left go for that? Of course not. Of course not. They would rightfully say, well, define what a Clinton, look, you can't define what a Clinton Democrat is. You can't go define what MAGA is. Joe Biden basically said, anyone who disagrees with me, I hate. Anyone who disagrees with me is a terrorist. Anyone who disagrees with me is a bad person. Anyone who disagrees with me, you got to look out for them. You got to watch out. That's what he said. It's a speech of a dictator with military people behind him. With a red U shot by Lenny Riefenstahl. I mean, this is what he, this is the mise-en-scene. This is what it all portrayed. And its administration doesn't know it portrayed that. If they did that by accident, then they're real morons. I'd actually rather believe they did it on purpose. Because if they did that whole mise-en-scene on accident, then they're true idiots. They're true imbeciles. So this is what Joe Biden did. Now, why did Joe Biden do this? We talked about this last week, right? We talked about this last week, but I got some new numbers. You want to stand by here for the new numbers. Okay. This is on the eve. This is November 5th of 2018. So this is like right before the midterms, Trump's midterm. Trump's net approval among independents was 46. 46 approve, 50 disapprove. So four, four points underwater with independents right before the midterms. Joe Biden right now, two months before the midterms, approved 27. Disapproved 64. That puts him... 37 points underwater, 33 points worse, worse, 
than Donald Trump at around a little, little bit closer, just a week before the election, a few days before the election of 2018. So this is this is why one of the reasons why I'll give you more numbers why Joe Biden had to do this. He cannot the focus can't be on him. The focus can't be on him, who is the leader of the party running in November, right? He can't have that. They can't have that. They need a distraction. So Ron Klain came up with a distraction. Joe, make it about MAGA. Make it, and, and maybe Biden said something like, if he has any brain cells left, which I doubt, but let's give him credit. So he has three left. Might have said something like, but he hasn't been, hasn't been president for two years. Don't worry about it, Joe. Don't worry about it. Make it about MAGA and Trump anyway. Because there's no other choice. He can't make it about him. Independents hate him. Republicans despise him. Democrats don't like him as much as they should, less than two years into his first term. So he's got to make it about something else. He can't make it about his economy. He can't make it about his lockdowns. He can't make it about the Democrats' school closures. He can't make it about gas prices. He can't make it about any of this stuff. He's got to make it about this this made-up bad guy, this boogeyman written by Hollywood called MAGA. That's what he has to do. That's his only choice. Once again, this should give Republicans solace because if the polls were, as we may have been seeing through the summer, showing Democrats doing well or a lot better than expected, Joe wouldn't have to make that speech. But they know the truth. They know the internal polling. And they also know these numbers. Here's the voter registration net difference since 2020, only since 2020 in these states. Okay, Kentucky, 142,000 more GOP. West Virginia, 95,000 more GOP. Oklahoma, 74,000. Idaho, 65,000. Rhode Island, 30,000. Utah, 28,000. South Dakota, 17,000. Arizona, 16,000. New Mexico, 9,000. All to the side of the GOP. Okay. And that's just since 2020, the difference in voter registration. Here's some more states. Some would call them more important swing states. Florida, plus 400,000 GOP. Pennsylvania, 150,000. North Carolina, 116,000. New Jersey, 71,000. Nevada, 37,000. Oregon, 10,000. Okay. These are the real numbers. This is why the polls are bullshit. And the Biden administration knows the polls are bullshit. He knows it. He knows it. And that's why he had to do what he's doing. He had to do that speech. He had to do that speech. Because these are the numbers. And what they know is that the polling is not, as I predicted, picking up all of these new registered Republicans, people who either have switched from Democrat to Republican or independent to Republican or first-time voters who are registering Republican, people who have never voted Republican before, people who have never voted before. All these new registrations are not picking up in the polling because they have nothing to poll off of. These people have never voted before or never voted Republican before. So they can't go back. They don't have them in their database to poll, to call up. They don't have access to them. So it's all these voters that are new voters or first-time Republican voters, people who will vote Republican for the first time like me, who they don't – that the polling is not picking up. And Joe Biden knows that. And the Democrats know that. Those numbers are just simply 
overwhelming. Overwhelming. And it shows the seismic shift to the Republican side over the last two years. Seismic shift. And so Joe Biden has to do what he's doing. These, this vile, awful speech, because it's like a Hail Mary pass, right? It's like, why not? Let's try to get the Democrats so riled up that we'll turn out more than ever against MAGA. It's going to be very difficult to do, though, because Democrats make up such a small percentage of the voting population, just like Republicans do, right? Independents make up the majority of the voting population. And his numbers, as I just showed you, with Republicans are 37 points underwater. And on top of that, as I mentioned last week, independents generally don't like vitriolic politics. Independents usually don't like the vitriol like this. They don't like the fighting. They're the kind of people who are like, let's get stuff done, right? Let's not call each other bad names. So I don't see that speech going over well with most independents, except for the ones who are very strongly leaning Democrat independents. I don't see it going over well. I would not be surprised if Democrats and Biden's numbers sink even more with independents after that, after that speech. They just don't, generally don't like that stuff. They're like talking about independents in general like real issues. They're more the real issue voter. They don't like the cult. They don't like the party cults, right? That's it. They don't like the party cults. They don't like Republicans calling Democrats evil. They don't like Democrats calling Republicans evil. That's why they're independents. They don't like that crap. It's so desperate now for Biden. And we'll see this in November. We'll, on this show, come November 9th, we'll see what happened. And then you'll know why Biden gave that speech. That will prove why Biden gave that speech. And then, of course, there'll be people saying, well, it'd been worse if he didn't, it'd been worse if he did, blah, 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 whatever. You'll see why Biden gave that such a horrible speech. Because he has no choice. All he's got are his Democrats. And that's all he's got is his own cult. And that's to rile up the cult. That was a call to the cult, right? That was like a Jim Jones speech to his cult. That's what it was. Knock that Kool-Aid back, people. That's what that speech was, basically. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. You know? Another thing is... Another thing that's turned off so many people, these, red, these voter registrations that have gone so far in favor of Republicans, as I've been showing you, there's a lot of reasons for that. There are a lot of reasons, but I think one of them, and this is one of my reasons, is this incredible woke, not this wokeness, but this inability to debate anymore. Republicans simply, Democrats, sorry, simply don't want to debate anymore. And that's part of Biden's speech. There's no debate. If you disagree with me, you're a terrorist. If you didn't vote for me, you're a semi-fascist. I don't want to hear debates. I don't want to hear your side. I don't want to hear why you disagree with me. No, I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to block you. I'm going to cover my ears and yell, ah, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And this is the new thing for Democrats. You can't talk to them anymore. Case in point, just happened today. I like to do sociological I like to do little sociological experiments from time to time. And so usually I don't, you know, there was a time when I would go back and forth on Twitter with morons and do the thrust and parry and go back and forth on a thread for three hours. The thread would be 700 tweets long. And I think to myself, what the hell did I do that for? But I couldn't resist today. I couldn't resist today. And what happened was 
uh, a guy named Stephen Beschloss, who is uh, the brother, looks very much like him too, of Michael Beschloss. Now, Michael is the one you'll know better. I wish he had blocked me, but he probably won't. He's the one at MSNBC who pretends to be a historian. He pretends to be a presidential historian, but very different from a real presidential historian like Doris Kearns Goodwin. She's a real I think she even took a, a bath with LBJ or some crazy thing. Or went to Busan. I don't know, some weird thing. Anyway, but she's a real presidential historian. Michael Beschloss is a fake presidential historian. He's a liberal, DNC-owned pundit pretending to be a historian. So, in other words, if I'm a total left-wing hack, but I call myself a historian, it gives me cachet, right? If I just say I'm a... If it said... When, when Michael Beschloss came on, comes on MSNBC and it said liberal left-wing hack under his name, people wouldn't, whatever they said, they wouldn't care, right? But it says, it says presidential historian. Oh, listen to this guy. But all he does is, is give his opinions about how much he hates Trump and how much he hates MAGA. There's no, there's no historical context. All of his historical context, if it exists, is to show how much he hates Trump. So he's a phony. And I don't know what his brother does, but he's, except he's on Twitter. Maybe that's his job. Um, and so he, I saw a comment from him, it just came up and it said something like, I, my fingers are wearing out cause I'm blocking people. I'm blocking MAGA, something like that. And, uh, I said, Oh, I got to go for this. I, what I did, my sociological experiment was how many times can I go back and forth with him before he blocked me too? I think it was two or three tweets, maybe four, maybe four, three or four tweets. And it was simply, I said, no, Mike, uh, Stephen, Michael, Stephen, I said, you're, you're just, you just, people don't, you're a Democrat. People can't disagree with you anymore. That's, that's what Biden's speech was about, right? It was about people who disagree with him are bad people. So that's what you believe. You don't, and, and then they'll start this crap with, well, uh, no, you've given ad hominem. That's what he said. I love this, ad hominem. The left loves that term, ad hominem. All I know is hominem, hominem. That's the, the Jackie Gleason, right, from the Honeymooners. But ad hominem attack. No, no, no. I, I can debate. This is what the left loves to say. We can debate, but once you do, once you throw a ad hominem attack at me, I block you. Okay, so I said, well, well, Stephen, Biden's whole speech was ad hominem attacks towards Republicans. His whole speech, he called them fascists, semi-fascists, terrorists, the worst evildoers. Even, those aren't ad hominem attacks to people who you disagree with. Of course, he couldn't debate that. See, the left can't debate. When you have common sense, forget about having right and wrong. When you have common sense on your side, people can't debate you. The left can't debate common sense because they have none. It's not on their side. <clears throat> They're hypocrites. They're all about double standards. There's no common sense. So they can't do that. See, he had no comeback for that. He had no comeback for that. His comeback was more... Trump derangement syndrome stuff, which I pointed out to him was a, a mental disorder. I said, Stephen, you have a mental disorder. Just like you, a lot of your left-wing friends have this Trump derangement and mental disorder, where it's like, it's so out of whack with the hysteria around one guy that we've never seen before in our lifetimes that it's a mental disorder. It's a psychological problem. And of course, that gave him the opening to say, there's the ad hominem attack I was talking about. Block. Well, you know, I'm not making fun of him. I feel bad for him. He's got a mental disorder, but I made the mistake. Look, 
the, I guess the worst thing you can do, look, I'm no shrink, I guess. Huh? The worst thing you can do is tell someone with a mental disorder they got a mental disorder because they're not going to like that because they got a mental disorder, right? So they, they can't see it, really. You can see it, but they can't. And they're probably going to be offended by you saying they have a mental disorder. So that's what it was. That was the that was the whole thrust of the whole thing. But the hypocrisy is, and I said, Stephen, but I don't think this went through because he had blocked me. So this is a post-block tweet. I said, Stephen, you just proved you have a mental disorder. You said what I did to you, saying you have Trump derangement syndrome is worse, much worse. That's more of an ad hominem attack than what Biden threw at Republicans for an hour. He didn't get to see that one. But you see, these people can't deal with common sense and reality. You see, they, they can't deal with it. It's not possible for them to have a civil debate. It's not possible for them to have a civil debate simply because everything they do now is because of Trump derangement syndrome. How insane they've gone over the top over one guy over one guy that they cannot see how crazy they are. This one person makes them so angry, so angry. They don't even know why, really, he makes them angry. They just, he makes them angry. He tweets mean. No, he talks mean. Don't you see? He calls people sad and losers. A president can't do that, but a president can call people semi-fascists. And terrorists, that's absolutely fine to call Republicans that. People don't disagree with you. Maybe people go to a PTA meeting, a school board meeting. They're domestic terrorists. That's fine. But that guy with the orange hair. By the way, we hate him too because of his orange hair. We hate him because of his bad hair, his orange viewed face, and the fact that he tweets mean. So they've gone over the top with this. Now for some of them, it really is just that superficial thing. For others, and I, I don't know if I can separate the two. For others, they hate him because he's on the outside and he breaks up their good old boys club. And that was the case for a lot of Republicans who don't like Trump, like Dick Cheney and such. He breaks up, he, 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 he entered their good old boys club without asking permission. And when you enter the good old boys club without asking permission, like, like Bernie tried to, but didn't have the balls trumped, you're going to be hated. That's why they, they merged, what was it, the Lincoln Project, some ridiculous thing, that ridiculous thing called the Lincoln Project. That, that's what it was. That was part of it. It was he entered their club. And then there's even, you know what, there's even a third category of people, the ones who knew they could get fame and fortune by hating Trump, right? There are those people too, right? They just, they caught on to the, they caught on to the movement. They caught on to the anti-MAGA movement. It makes them popular. It makes them money. It makes them celebrities. So there are those people too, right? So this, these are all lumped into people with this Trump derangement syndrome, this TDS. And these people cannot, they either can't see they have it or they don't care. It's like any other mental illness. Some people can't see they have it. Some people know it and they just don't care. They don't want to get help. They like being that way. So that's the case, basically. So where are we going with all this? Who's worse, Trudeau or Biden? I guess that's where we started with. And I guess I wanted uh, people to call in. Now, I, knowing this was Labor Day, knowing this was Labor Day, I knew it was since it's a holiday, 
I knew it would be tough to get a lot of live listeners on this holiday. People are probably still having fun or they're worn out from their weekend or they're figuring, oh, Mike's going Mike's gonna to do what everyone else does and, and take Labor Day off. Take a day where we honor laborers off and don't labor, which makes no sense. But if you do want to call in, or even if you want to, if you're listening to this as a replay later on and you want to write to me, you can. If you want to tell me, who do you think has been worse and continues to be worse? Is it Justin Trudeau or is it Dementia Joe? Is it, is it fascist and blackface Trudeau or is it Dementia Joe? Who is the worst? Who's worse? We can play that game. Why not? I know they're both awful. It's tough. But we, we can definitely play that game. And by the way, at Kachopoli Mike is my Twitter. It's Mike Unleashed. Is the, how does it work? Mike Unleashed is the handle, but at Kachopoli Mike is the username, right? And that's, of course, C-A-C-C-I-O-P-P-O-L-I. You can always write to me. At Kachopoli Mike is the username, and Mike Unleashed is the handle. On Twitter, Mike Chopley also on Facebook. If you want to let me know, who do you think is worse? We'll, maybe we'll do a poll at some point. Who's worse, Trudeau or Biden? A lot of people go back and forth on this all the time. Maybe Daniel has an opinion. I know Daniel has an opinion on who's worse. I got no opinion. Mike. What's that? I said I have no opinion on that. Yeah, no, you have an opinion for sure. <laughs> um, you know, you got to throw. You got to throw Newsom in there with with those two, because then you can play a game of uh, fuck, marry, or kill. Well, as I said, it's, it's Newsom, Trudeau, and Biden, right? You can look at those okay. three, and you can go. You know, I've I've really gone back and forth in my head over the last two and a half years. But like I said, it always seems like they're trying to one up each other, especially Trudeau. He seems like he tries to one up Biden. Maybe he thinks he's got to, but that's what he's. And if you look at what's happening, like I said. And I know you'll agree with me. The only reason why Biden's not doing what the stuff Trudeau's doing, saying things like until 80, 90 percent of people get the the one that's the, the vaccine only tested on eight blind mice. We're not going to go back to normal, whatever that is, is because of states rights. Right. Well, there's an election coming up also. And of course, the state's rights issue. He can't do because of our Constitution. He can't do what, new, what, what Trudeau's doing or he would. Or he absolutely would. He's done. He's done as much as he can, right? He has served notice many times over the last year and a half as trying to get away with anything he can get away with until the courts smack him down or the voters. But Trudeau has the ability to do these things with no checks and balances. Maybe that makes him worse. Yeah, um, Newsom's got my vote. Well, Newsom's got your vote because you have a. You have skin in the game there. We yeah. both have we both have skin in the game there. You know, we we both have skin in the game there. We both live in California, right? Yeah. And so under his, if you want to know, his rule, and um, you know, and and this, that's a frightening thing about the 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 long shot. Let's say of the Democrats doing well in November is that we'd have to worry then about the Democrats being so emboldened that they'll bring stuff back again, right? people like Newsom, that he'll bring it back in, being emboldened by the Democrats doing well, which is another reason why we can't have it happen. Because we know they're chomping at the bit to do it again. Um, Newsom still has his um, uh, emergency order um, on, and uh, one has to wonder, when is that ever going to be rescinded? Do we have to vote him out of office to make that go away? What's 
I mean, how how is it that we can set up in the government the possibility that an elected official can just simply declare an emergency and just never have it challenged? How is that possible? It seems to be a major deficit in our constitution, um, both at state and federal level. Well, it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. But the problem is also the state legislature. I believe they can take it away from him, but they're Democrats. So they don't want to take it away from him, you see. That's the problem. I believe the state legislature, if it was made up of Democrats with a conscience, with a soul, or if it was made up of Republicans, they could absolutely take it away from him. But they're not going to do it. Well, yeah, yeah. but that's, that's part of the problem. This is, this is a means by which a party, not just an individual, but a party, can just gain, un, not unlimited, but a giant amount of, uh, of power for as long as, they, as long as they want it. Oh, absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. There seems to be a deficit in, in, in our Constitution, whether state or federal, that could allow a party, not just an individual, but a party to, to do this. Well, yes, it's flawed. It's not perfect. There's no doubt about it. No, of course they shouldn't be able to do this stuff. There's no doubt about it. They should not be able to do this stuff. They should not be able to have this kind of power, this kind of unregulated power, you know. Um, and, but they do. They obviously do because not just Newsom, but several of the states run by Democrats have done this, uh, have kept this, have kept this control, you know, have kept this control. Um, you know, but what's, what's amazing is that you have, in a way, you have to also blame the people. We've talked about this. The people of California vote him in and you know, he's going to win again by 20, 25, 30 points in November. There's no doubt about it. He's going to win again. But this is why, if we're going to focus on Newsom for a second, I wanted to mention this. I really hope that Gavin Newsom runs for president. I do. Because I want Newsom to try to appeal to voters outside of California. Remember, Gavin Newsom has lived in this political cocoon of California his entire life. He's been able to prey on the dumb California liberals his whole life. He won't be able to rely on that when he runs for president of the United States. Yeah, what's he going to do? Say, I'm going to do to uh, the nation what I did to California? That's not right, no, do but, but he's gotten he's gotten such a big head of filled with hair gel, of having gotten does. having gotten so far in political life in California. He tr- probably truly <laughs> believes he truly believes he's been able to fool Californians for so long. He now believes his own press. I'm sure he believes he could fool Americans as well. But I believe they will they will absolutely destroy the little shit. And that's why I want him to run. I want him to run for president in 2024 because I, that will be the end of Gavin Newsom's political career. It will help California, right? It will help California if yeah, Gavin Newsom – It would be even yeah. better to have a Kamala Harris well, want to run. She's not yeah. getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the opposite of the Florida thing. The Floridians don't want DeSantis to run because they don't want to lose him. I want Gavin Newsom to run because I want to lose him. You see, so that it's, it's the opposite. It's kind of the opposite of Florida. And Gavin Newsom getting absolutely destroyed in a presidential uh, election would end his political career at a very young age, which would be great. Be fantastic. He has to go work for like uh, MSNBC or something, which is fine. Let him do that. But the fact of the matter is, look, there's a guy named Maxime. Let me see. Maxime Bernier, B-E-R-N-I-E-R. And he's looking to get rid of he's looking to unseat trudeau he's leader of the uh was it people's party i believe it's people's party canada right 
PPC, they call him. And he's, he's been pretty vocal about getting rid of Newsom. And he says on this Labor Day, or as they say in Canada, Labor Day, L-A-B-O-U-R, <laughs> the funny way they spell things. Let's have a thought for the thousands of Canadians who lost their jobs because of a personal medical decision over the past two years. They should all be reinstated and or compensated for this injustice. So that gives me hope, just knowing there are people there that get it. Even though, just as with Californians, Canadians continue to elect this little shit. And so they continue to elect this little shit. And it makes, it makes me hard to like feel compassionate for them. Because they keep on re-electing him. So when he imposes these ridiculous, unscientific, authoritarian mandates, when he continues to move the goalposts and do this stuff, it's tough for me to feel bad for Canadians who I just see as submissive fools. Of course, not all of them. I'll be like Joe Biden. Not all of them, but obviously enough to get Trudeau reelected. So I can only hope this changes. I can only hope this new thing now where he's trying to get the eight blind mice vaccine, people forced to take that. I Someone said, you might agree with this, they believe this thing is going to be the end of the MNRA vaccines because nobody's going to take this thing. Do you agree with that? <clears throat> Nobody, and uh, there's probably um, some people, um, particularly the San Franciscans, that are going to... No, 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 but, but uh, such a huge precipitous drop from the last booster that it's not going to yeah. be worth Big Pharma to produce these things anymore and push them. Yeah, of course. I think yeah. everybody, um, probably sometime about, I don't know, four months ago, somewhere around there, by then everyone realized um, that these vaccines are shit. That they just the way, just the way Los Angeles, just the way Barbara Farrar tried to bring the mask mandates back, and people in LA, the cities in LA County said we're not going to comply, and there goes the mask mandate. It doesn't happen anymore. The same thing with this. This will be the end of these vaccines because enough people will say we're just not going to take them anymore. That's it. We've taken our last vaccine. So we can we can hope that's the case. I think there's a good shot it will be. Well, I think I think pretty much everyone's come. To, pretty much everyone's come to Chris. There's going to be a lot of people that are just. They're invested. They're invested heavily emotionally in, in, in this position that they've taken. And um, no no amount of facts uh, that come along and um, refute their position is going to sway them. They're just, they're just branded and they're going to stick with it. There are other people out there, though, that are saying, hey, wait a second. I um, took this vaccine that was, that was authorized for emergency use only, which means I'm taking a chance. And I took this because he thought it was going to, uh, <clears throat> for the good of society, it was going to prevent infection and transmission. And yet it doesn't do that. And it took a while for people to learn that it doesn't do that. Uh, and they should have known from the very beginning that it wouldn't do that. Uh, but eventually they did learn. And now they're pissed. And they're saying, I jeopardize my health. And we do not know still what the long-term consequences of these, these vaccines are, these mRNA vaccines are. I jeopardize potentially my health for the good of our, our country, for the good of my community. This is their reasoning, not mine. And um, and and you want me. And now that it's it's been exposed as being entirely um, ineffective with respect to transmission and infection, you want me to do what? To risk my life for nothing? You want me to risk it again? You want me to add? additional risk onto that that I've already endured for nothing? You know, people at this point are saying, 
that, that, that this is the easiest calculus I've ever done in my life. Well, exactly. And, and, and you're talking about vaccines that the, even the ones that have been tested on more than just eight mice, we see all these side effects and more and more are coming out on a daily basis about the side effects of these vaccines. And so now saying and now saying we're going to take one that's it's, it's absolutely as soon as, learn, as soon as people learn that they don't prevent infection and transmission, then they just said, I took a risk to to <clears throat> get these vaccines. I'm taking a risk. Because we don't know the long-term side effects. We don't know what can, complications can arise. I took this risk because of this benefit. But the benefit entirely does not exist. At that point, he, he lost everybody. Fauci lost everybody. Lewinsky, Walensky lost everybody. It, it, was, it was done. And, and only those that were just pig-headed and branded, and, and because this became such a political thing rather than a health thing, but you know, the only people that are that are going to take these vaccines are are, are going to be uh, they're going to be um, ill liberals uh, on the uh, very far left of the Democrat spectrum. It's 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 just um, it's, it's it, the vaccines have become a, a political um, a political lawn sign. And then you have state-run media like the SF Chronicle writing stories like, well, the the, the this next jab. This will the next jab stop the next wave? Can you believe they're still writing this crap? Yeah, isn't that unbelievable? You see that, and you just think you just you, you gotta you gotta think no, no, no way. They have to know they have to know that they don't prevent prevent infection and transmission, so they can't possibly stop anything. They have to know this. So what are they doing? It's just as I said before, it's a it's a lawn sign. It's a political lawn sign that they're putting out. And they put it on their faces and they shoot it into their bodies and they tell everybody about it. That's what it is. This is, this is politics. And, and what's, once again, this is, just, of course, we're talking about hysterical people who make no sense anyway. But what, what science would tell you that something that was tested on eight mice is going to stop a, a virus, is going to stop the next wave? I mean, it's absolute insanity that anyone would fall for this horseshit, Daniel. It really is. Of course it is. But, um, but the. It's because you're looking at it from a, a health and public health perspective, and that's simply not what it is anymore. And no. for and for most for most of the last two and a half years, it never was that. It's no. always been, as everybody has said, it's always been about control. It's always been about politics, and it still is about control, and it still is about politics. But there's a sufficient number of people out there at this point that are saying, "Hey, wait a second, I'm not taking any more chances with my health." on something that doesn't do what you said ostensibly it would do. No, absolutely not. And I, I think, I really think they just keep, we've talked about this before, but I just keep, with the mass mandates and the vaccine stuff, they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And they just keep pushing it too too far, where I think people are just going to put their foot down and say, we've had enough of this. We're not, we're not doing it anymore. We're not, I mean, we're still, I was watching TV last night here, and there's an ad, and I really wanted to throw. I wanted to throw my glass through my television set, but I figured that would only hurt me, right? Nobody else. So I didn't do that. <laughs> but what the ad said was, it was an ad with parents and children, and they have this little kid who, and, and it's a pro vaccine ad. It's a big pharma ad. Who knows how much they spent on it? But it's an ad, and the little kid says, "I got, I got my vaccine to to keep my sister healthy." They're still running that 
now, Daniel. They're still running those ads now. It's shameless. So it give your children, who are not at risk anyway, a vaccine that doesn't stop the spread anyway. I got the vaccine, so my sister didn't get the COVID. They're running that now. Why is that not misinformation? Why do networks allow that to run? It really is appalling, and there is going to be accounting and accounting at some point. There simply has to be. They're, they're, they're jeopardizing children's lives, and, and, and many children have already suffered at the, uh, at the hands of this vaccine, and it's it's just appalling. Zero benefit for these children, zero benefit for their families, zero benefit for their classmates, and yet they're still forcing it on kids. What did, did you see that thing? We'll talk about more tomorrow. But um, did you see that, that speech Biden get where he said he he seemed to not make an I know this is not rare, but he seemed to not make any sense. And he said something like we defeated Big Pharma. Did you see that today? No, defeated Big Pharma with respect to what? Or, or we, we, we beat Big Pharma's profits. I think what he was supposed to say was we helped Big Pharma's profits. I have to look this up, but it. It's a, I think it's a typical fighting, but where the, the teleprompter was talking about farmers helping farmers profit margin. And he said something like big pharma. And, so and what was he referring well, to with respect to farmers, though? Even that is bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll talk, I try not to pay attention when he speaks, you know, so I don't watch his rallies and stuff. It's, it's absolutely it's like, you know, it's it, it really is when you're watching Trump's rallies. It's almost like like a, a professional event compared to Joe Biden's rallies, which is like you know done like on a shoestring budget with like ten people behind him who are all paid to be there, and he makes absolutely no sense. He can't read off a fucking teleprompter. We've seen this before, right? Where he reads the he he, he reads the cues on the teleprompter. Yeah. Stop talking now. Move on. Yeah, it's it's it, 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 I, I was thinking about this today. They were actually, someone put up a video of Justin Trudeau when he was young, much younger, talking about how he has a learning disability, so he can't do math. So this was a younger Justin Trudeau talking about how he has this learning ability where he, he, can't, he has trouble with math. And I'm thinking, look at the fucking people we elect in North America. That made me think about this Biden-Trudeau thing also. Look at the people we elect. We elect a guy that says he doesn't know math, basic math. He can't do basic math. We have another guy who can't even read off a teleprompter straight, who who goes to shake hands with people that don't exist. These are the people we elect. Gavin Newsom makes up this crazy story about how, oh, he's so he's such a maverick with climate change. He's well ahead of it. These people are the people we elect are the dumbest of the dumb. That's when I even when I even talk about like middle of the pack. I mean, these people should be the, the should these people be the best of the best? But they're it's not. Amazing, it's amazing what good hair alone can, can get you in this world. <laughs> oh, good hair. I'll give maybe to give it to Trudeau. I don't think it was to, to Newsom. He needs the hair gel to have decent hair. But uh, his whole head is hair gel. But um, it's uh, what shows something else about his personality. But, you know, it's, it's just it, it's it's really amazing. And we'll talk more about this tomorrow. This new push to rewrite history where the Democrats are trying to say they were. This is I can't even talk. I can't even say this straight. What Democrats are trying to say that they were the ones who were against school lockdowns, <laughs> and Republicans yeah. and Trump are the ones who wanted school lockdown. Never mind that the Democrats are the who. Randy Weingarten is she a Republican? No, of course not. 
She's about as Democrat as you can get. And of course, they are totally in bed with her and keeping the schools closed for the teachers. Yeah, the Republicans really care shit. They care about the teachers' unions. Yeah, the Republicans were the ones who were in bed with the teachers' unions. Sure, absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing. But this shows how dumb they believe people are that they could push something like this. Yeah. when, when, When we have Donald Trump giving a speech talking about how awful school closings were while he was president, how we can't do that anymore. And we know that Republican governors left the schools open. Democrats closed them. Wait a minute. And on top of that, they even ran ads, if I can find one. They were running ads in 2020 showing how evil Donald Trump was for wanting to keep the schools open and hurt children. These people are insane, Daniel. They are. Yes, yes, and there's there's been a over the last week or so I've noticed a disturbing trend in this um, attempt to rewrite history, and it goes something like this. Um, well, this is a once in a one hundred year epidemic that we had here. No, it's not. They're trying they're trying to say, oh, we we made mistakes. No, we didn't make mistakes. We knew how to handle um, epidemics from from uh, conventions established over more than a hundred years. We knew how exactly how to do it. You run and, and public health departments everywhere and our governments at state and local and federal levels ran this horrid experiment on us. It was totally contrary to convention. We knew how to do that. And they're saying that the, the thing that keeps repeating, I've seen it over and over again the last week, is this. Uh, well, it's a once in a hundred year epidemic. No, it's not. We've had many epidemics over the last hundred years. Some of them upper respiratory illnesses, some of them not. That there's been at least, um, I think this is the fourth in, in about the approximately last hundred years of upper respiratory epidemics. So it's just it's just wrong uh, on its face. When, when yeah, well, that, this, yeah, we had Patty Murray. With this excuse as though you know this was um, something that uh, that humanity was learning from. No, humanity learned this lesson countless times. And that's what established our conventional approach to epidemics and pandemics. Wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah, we had Patty Murray, who hopefully will lose her job in November in Washington, saying that baloney of, well, we didn't know the school closings. We didn't know what was going on. We wanted to be safe. Yeah, all nonsense. When, of course, it's total bullshit because there were plenty of people who were saying schools, once again, trying to rewrite history and say, like, there were no people in 2020. No one was out there saying we couldn't. How about Jay Bhattacharya? How about Marty McCarry? How about the Great Barrington Declaration? No, no. They simply tried to silence, along with their buddies in social media, silence people who want to keep schools open. So this bullshit, as though 110% of the people wanted to close the schools because we were so scared, didn't know what was going on, shows how full of shit she is. The entirety of public health officials in this country were taught conventional epidemiology. And that conventional epidemiology did not include masking, did not include lockdowns, and did not include vaccinating per people during the epidemic rather than when it became endemic, which is when you should vaccinate. It's dangerous for many reasons to try to vaccinate during the epidemic. The best thing you can do is you just tell people what the situation is and Give them as much information as possible to make personal decisions to keep themselves safe, if that is at all possible. Daniel, I have to give you a rhetorical question. I have to give you a rhetorical question, okay? How good is a vaccine that you need to take every three fucking months? Yeah, exactly. It's your shittiest vaccine ever. 
it's insane. But what scares me is not the vaccines. What scares me are not the politicians pushing these vaccines. What scares me are people who can't see that. The millions and millions of people who think that a every three-month vaccine is hunky-dory. That is what scares me the most, that these are the people that I'm living amongst, that I need to get away from, okay? Well, if they're just making that decision for themselves, I would say knock yourself out, you know, cause yourself whatever untold problems that these vaccines could potentially be causing you years down the line. Go ahead, kill yourself. I, I don't care. But when they start forcing it on our children in order to attend school, when they start forcing on individuals at um, absolutely with, 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 to just go to their jobs, right? They're going to lose them when they start coercing people to that extent. Then it becomes all of our business. Yeah, absolutely. And they did that, and they right. did that, and it was fucking evil. It was no, 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 I would evil not. I, 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 yeah, I was not for these vaccines at all, but. If it was the former, like you said, if they had just said, okay, take it if you want, and, you know, I could shake my head at people that did, that's one thing. That's fine. Whatever. Make your own decision. But the, they'll do the latter, which you said, which is force it on people. That is the problem. That is the crime. That's the crime. That's the punishable crime, I believe. Criminal act. Criminal act. That was Indeed. done. Indeed. Yeah, um, that, you know, so you Daniel, th- go ahead. Go ahead. Have a good night. All right, Daniel, thanks. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah. So that that was the crime there. That was the crime. They could have said, look, I don't care. Put, put Lay out 30 vaccines and say, go for it. Go, go knock yourself out. But once you force people to take those for any reason, whether it's as small as going to a movie or a live theater event to as big as keeping their job and their livelihood and being able to support their families, that's when you have created, that's when you have committed a crime punishable by what I believe should be prison. I don't believe in the death penalty. I've, I've never been a death penalty guy, so I can't be a hypocrite now. Someone said, I forgot what maybe Roger Ebert said, they don't believe in the death penalty except for talking in a movie theater. But I could say I don't believe the death penalty except for this. But no, I don't believe it. I'm not a death penalty guy, but I believe these people should be in prison, led by Tony Fauci, of course. But just going back before I end the show, talking about the beginning when I said about the, the, the Biden blaming Republicans and MAGA and liberals like Stephen Beschloss, you know, not being able to debate people. And calling Republicans and, and Trump supporters uh, terrorists and semi-fascists. This is a thing we've seen with the liberal elites. These are all, by the way, they're all liberal elites. If Joe Biden's a liberal elitist, the people you see on TV, on CNN, MSNBC, are liberal elites. Stephen Beschloss, Michael Beschloss, they're all liberal elites. And the liberal elites love calling working class people terrorists. This is a the thing they get off on. They want to call working class people average people terrorists, and they want to put their boots on their necks. Then, then the problem is they cry when the words civil war are uttered and saying, oh, violence. They didn't care about the violence in the summer of 2020 when the left were burning cities down. That was fine. When the left were burning cities down during the height of something we didn't know about COVID at the beginning. And it was fine. It was no problem. People gathering in those packs of people doing all that, many of them without masks. That was fine. That wasn't violence. That wasn't, Joe Biden didn't mention that, right? 
He didn't mention the actual burning down of cities for weeks and weeks and weeks. What he alluded to was one day of stupidness on January 6th. But this is how unserious these people are. That one day of foolishness on January 6th, and it was absolutely foolish, trumps, if you will, those weeks and weeks and months of burning down cities in the summer of 2020. Why? Because they believed there was a good reason for liberals to burn down their cities. All right? I'm in a rage. I'm in a rage against injustice. But no, those Republicans who actually did not commit crimes as nearly as bad as liberals did in the summer of 2020 in Portland and Seattle. They had no reason to be mad. They had no reason to be angry. Because what they were talking about was electoral injustice, right? That you can agree happened or, or say didn't happen, disagree with it. Either way, you can... I've entertained both sides on that. But you see, the Democrats, it's quite obvious. The left can do it because they have the right to do it. That's all. The left can do it, and they can do a lot worse, and they can do as much as they want because they have the right to do it. That's it. The double standard is so easy to see. It's so simple to point out. I almost feel bad for doing it because it's so easy to knock them on their asses with facts and common sense. It's almost like I'm picking on someone smaller than me, and they are indeed smaller than me, and they're smaller than most of us. But yes, they get so upset when you say, do you looking for a civil war? Well, look, you're, you're putting your boot on the necks of the working class. You're calling working class people, many of whom voted for Trump, you're calling them semi-fascists and terrorists and people we need to I don't I didn't never I didn't really get the end point of Biden's speech. What is he saying? Vote for Democrats? <laughs> is, that, is that the idea of that political speech? Vote for Democrats? What was it? Watch out for these people, hurt them, kill them, maim them, ignore them? What was his point in the end? What was the exclamation point? Maybe we'll maybe we'll, we'll leave it at that. Maybe talk about that tomorrow. Bring that in tomorrow's show. Well, I'm glad I worked on Labor Day. I know people didn't think I was going to be here. I did mention I was going to be here. I do want to mention, though, that on Wednesday, Wednesday show is show number 200. Wednesday show is our 200th show, 200th anniversary. And so there's going to be something happening. I don't know. I'll have to think about it over the next 48 hours. Um, but I hope people listen because it's 200 shows. But it's not easy to do 200 freaking shows, all right? Five nights a week. Anyway, Wednesday will be a 200th. My 200th show, 200th anniversary. Um, but before that, we have show 199, which is tomorrow. And I'll definitely see you tomorrow. Remember, 11 p.m. Pacific, which is what? Which is which is uh, midnight mountain, which is 1 a.m. Central, which is 2 a.m. Eastern. And what is that crazy time zone? What's the one after that? Atlantic? Atlantic, right? 3 a.m. Is that what it's called? Yes, I believe so. Atlantic. Anyway, okay. This has been a Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Thanks for listening. Remember, always remember, vote Democrats. Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. I'll see you right back here tomorrow.